0: Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information.
1: Green Mountain Chronicles number three, early autos in Vermont.
2: 1902, Vermont establishes its first speed limits for automobiles. The beginning of a revolution in transportation is at hand. We were
1: lived on a, a farm down in Shelburne. I was out playing in the barnyard there and around the water and trough. And I looked up and I could hear an, an animal coming down the road there, and there was a man riding him. He was making a funnier noise than, than any that we had on the farm, and I didn't know what the animal was. And when he got down to our driveway, he turned in. Well, it's... Me, so I ran to the, the barn and looked out the window and this man rode the animal right up to the watering trough and he hollered for my dad to get a milk pail. So my dad went running out with a milk pail and they started dipping water out of the watering trough and pouring it down this animal's throat. I thought it was a pretty stubborn animal there. They had it right up to the watering trough, but it wouldn't drink. And I found out sometime later that animal was called an automobile.
2: Then a mere lad of three years old, Kenneth Beset of Williston was not alone in feeling awed by his first encounter with an automobile. It seemed everyone was fascinated by the noisy contraptions, as the late Greg Belcher of Calus recalls.
3: The automobile was still a curiosity up here. You'd hear one come, you'd run out to the door, and Mother gets across at us, you know. <laughs> running out, she said, you think you'd never seen one before. But the real adventure started when we acquired from a friend a 1911 Parry touring car, brass on the front around the windshield, brass braces to keep the windshield from blowing back, a one-man top that four men couldn't put up. The old parry did give a lot of excitement. Uh, there were no paved roads. Roads were laid out straight as possible. They didn't avoid the hills, but any steep hill. Dad would always stop at the watering trough and we'd fill the radiator. But sometimes he'd forget to stop at the watering trough, then Bill and I would take the pails and go back down to the water. It was always down, and we had to walk back up the hill carrying the water to fill the old parry. It was a very thirsty old beast.
2: In the early 1900s, most new car owners were taught to drive by the agents or dealers who had sold them their cars. Although few regulations governed the use of cars in those days... The Vermont legislature did pass a law in 1904 requiring drivers to be licensed and vehicles registered, and as Eleanor Taplin of Morrisville remembers, motorists were expected to yield the right of way to horses.
3: It was the beginning of horses meeting automobiles. They'd shy away, but you just had to hold them right up, well, so you could get your wagon by that you were in, but they'd try to get as far away from that car as it could be. Uh, Most of the people in cars were very considerate. They very often would pull over and uh, shut off and just stop until you got by if they saw the horse was going to be shying away from the car.
2: For many families, the horse and buggy remained the most reliable means of transportation for years to come. Vermont's unmarked dirt roads made travel-by-car challenging in the best of weather and virtually impossible in the winter. But increasing prosperity after World War I and gradually improving road conditions meant steadily growing interest in owning and even making cars. After
1: World War One, and everybody seemed to be in them building cars. If you run a bicycle shop or a blacksmith shop or whatever it was, you went into the business of trying to build a car. There was one made here in Vermont, the, the wasp was made down in Bennington, and they were sold to the actors and actresses. They all had the, these little things at that time, like uh, when better cars are built, Buick will build them. And uh, with Packard, ask the man who owns one. And the, the Vermonters that didn't have money enough to buy one of these wasps used to say, Buy a wasp and get stung.
2: <laughs> Today, the wasp is but a footnote in the history of an invention that radically transformed 20th
0: century rural life. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.